Hey guys, welcome back to Working Title. Um, It's been a while, as it tends to be. I just, I love podcasts, and I think the podcast space is really special, and especially since living by myself. um, I've been listening to so many podcasts, and it's inspired me. I don't even want to commit myself to a schedule because I've just learned that for some reason the podcasting space makes me overthink a lot Um, but obviously more podcasts coming in the future but this episode was really special and important um, to record and I'm really excited to be sharing this. So I sat down with my boyfriend Zantori. Um, Side note, why is the word boyfriend so embarrassing like why does that word every time I have to say it it makes me feel like I'm telling my mom in sixth grade that I have a boyfriend like it just makes me feel so immature I don't know why but anyways should I just say my partner I guess that's more elusive also I sat down with my partner Zantori um a week before he moved from New York City to England Um, he lived here for the past year. He actually moved about two and a half weeks ago and it took me a bit to have the courage to edit it. I don't know why it's so hard for me to do with podcasts, but it's a bit delayed. Um, so apologies for that, but I haven't seen him since he's moved. Um, I still feel the same way that we talked about, obviously, in the podcast. Um, and I think it's just a fun conversation. We started the conversation a week before he left talking about his experience living in New York City um, and he shared some stories and some favorite spots that he's discovered his past year living here Um, and then we actually finished this episode a week later which happened to be an hour before he left for the plane um, and just talked about how we felt going into long distance kind of shared some advice that I've gotten from other people who are in long distance relationships and yeah I think it's just a really fun episode and I'm really glad that Zantori wanted to do it also although I do know that there's a podcast bro buried deep inside of him somewhere so I think he was really just elated to do this quite honestly but yeah we had a great time thank you so much for being just patient with me and letting me kind of share different episodes at my own pace when it makes sense in my life to do so there will be many more coming so make sure you subscribe to the podcast leave a review if you like it um i have about i think 10 other episodes available if you guys want to go back and listen to some of those it's kind of chronicled my life living in new york city up to now so yeah without further ado i hope you enjoy the episode back again baby say it margo okay are you ready i was born ready we are set the scene for us i don't know if i want to set the scene because i think what we have here is the makings of an amazing video and podcast series and for us to give it away especially this early in the podcast when anyone could just come on and click on this one and and steal our idea. I, I think we should just disclose that we're in our pajamas. 
in your apartment. I feel like that kind of just gives it away. But anyways, <laughs> those are really, that's really lofty goals for us literally just shooting the shit right now. But Okay. Well, if we're just going to give it, give our secret away to everyone, then we're in bed together in pajamas, very snugly. On what is a hot day in New York, but in this apartment, it's a lovely temperature, thanks to the AC, which I do not have in mind. So you're moving to England, you're packing up all your stuff, your lease is up, your visa is up, and you're moving to England in seven days, and then you're off. And that'll be, I guess, officially the third time we do long distance. You have absolutely zero plans of moving back to the United States at this point ever. Yeah, I mean, hey, I I love the US. Um, I've had a really great time here in my seven years, but... Yeah, I, I I don't see myself moving back here anytime soon. Anytime soon, I think I think I need to be back in Her Majesty's country. Not for long. Whoa! How many years do you think she got in her? I don't want to. Um, I don't want to like guess. You can say ten. I'd like to say twenty-five, thirty, but you love the Queen. I. I I do love Her Majesty, yeah. What do you think the Queen thinks about everyone saying, Yes, Queen? I'm sure she'd love it. I think she really uh, would. I feel like she's with the she's she's in with the people. She is. It's taken her a bit, but she is. She's there now. So I figured that we could start by talking about your year living in New York, especially because I feel like the perspective I've shared as a creator is I grew up an hour outside of the city. I always like came into the city growing up. Both my parents lived in the city for over 20 years each. Um, And so I had a very different experience coming into New York. And even a day-to-day basis, I think mentally it's different for us because you knew that you were going to have one year here and that was pretty much it. So I want to go through your experience living in New York for a year. Mm and kind of the pros and cons and any funny stories or tips or anything you want to share. Um, So let's get into it. Did you ever want to live in New York City? Was that ever like a dream of yours as just a little boy? I did. A little lad. A little boy. And I'll I'll tell you exactly the moment when I knew that I wanted to live in New York. Tell me. I had seen The Lion King on Broadway and thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. And then my dad took me to what I think he thought, or he tried to play off to me and my brother, that it was like this really exclusive restaurant, like kind of in the, you know, in the middle of nowhere in New York, like hole in the wall. And since I've been living here, I've realized that the place he took us was Junior's for cheesecake and, and, <laughs> and where, a burger. And where was the Junior's? And Junior's is like two blocks off of like Times Square, like right in the heart of it. So yeah, definitely not like hole in the wall definitely not <laughs> exclusive but uh yeah i remember reading being really taken aback by that and uh, <laughs> i think ever since then uh i've always had an f- a fascination with new york and maybe uh kind of always wanted to live here at least for a period so i'm I glad i that. have that kind of reminds me of this sensation that we talk about a lot the, the two of us of 
when you go somewhere for the first time or the first couple times and you're not really familiar with your surroundings, the, the story specifically that always comes to mind is the first time I toured Syracuse. Um, and you're kind of just like brought around and you're following this group and maybe it's a city and you don't really know where you are. And then later in your life, for whatever reason, you become very familiar with that space. So for me, that was Syracuse University. I knew it like the back of my hand or New York City, where we've both lived in it now for a year. And those spaces that you first went into are just so ridiculously misplaced in your brain. And it's so weird when you actually figure out where those things took place in actuality. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I also, I don't know when you when you're talking about that. It reminded me of like going to a friend's house for the first time. Yeah. And like you have no idea where anything is, and all of a sudden you kind of get confused. And then after you've been there the third or fourth time, it's like yeah, you know where you the, can draw the map. You know where all the, the snacks are. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, that's so funny though that because I I remember um, we went to the Book of Mormon about six months ago. You surprised me with tickets to that, which was great, great. show by the way. But that's, that's right in the theater district which is right in times square and we walked by juniors and you had like this epiphany moment of like oh um like that's where my dad took me yeah that was the exclusive <laughs> hidden away restaurant restaurant so funny where all the mafia members go well maybe we should make a trip to juniors this week as just a full circle moment and get Perhaps you some cheesecake. Uh, yeah i mean to be fair they do do amazing <gasps> cheesecake we're gonna be getting dinner in that area the night before you leave Kind of. Yeah, there you go. Get so a slice maybe, of cheesecake. Yeah, love that. Okay. What's your favorite favorite cheesecake? I'm sure you the know, fans are desperate to know. I'm not a big cheesecake girl. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't dislike cheesecake, but I don't like it enough to have a favorite flavor. And honestly, I feel like you got to go with classic in that situation. I think you got to go with classic, but if I'm, not to get completely off topic, but if I'm at the Cheesecake Factory, because Mark and I had a big conversation about the Cheesecake Factory last night and how bizarre it is. From a design standpoint, like architectural, just chaos. But uh, the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory is how many calories is it? God level. I think per slice, it's something like eight hundred and fifty or something. Gotta be good. Yeah, gotta be good. Love that. Um, Okay, so cheesecake and all. Have you had any cheesecake living in New York this year? Mm, No. No. What are some food highlights for you? I mean, New York is a food town. Like, you you can't deny that. I think I uh, my roommate is Jewish and, and very proudly Jewish, and he's really enjoyed taking me to different Jewish spots because I've never really been able to kind of dive into Jewish cuisine back in the UK. And I got to say, so cliche, but cats, so good. cats deli, if you get the pastrami sandwich, like I think I'll have dreams of that when I'm back in the UK because that... The pastrami sandwich you, is you amazing. The Reuben is amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they do cold belly outside of the US. That would, Just overnight it? I don't know. It gets lost. $600. It, uh, you, have to yeah. pay, you have to pay. Um. The customs guy, like <laughs> his mouth starts watering. <laughs> yeah. as he's, he's like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that that's a, Cats is always a highlight. Um, what are the great places? I mean, we go to a lot of places. We're kind of lucky. I think the pizza here is pretty amazing. What's the best pizza spot you've you've gone to? controversial answer you know what it really depends on the state of mind because drunk pizza hits drunk, different drunk. so the, the whole level i feel like we haven't even really had off. that much like sober pizza honestly yeah if i'm if i'm talking drunk pizza i gotta say i think sauce 
Mm, sauce does hurt. From the one on the Lower East Side. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so good. And it's you can nice, thin crust, crispy. Oh, what about Two Boots? Two Boots is also really good. Um, two Boots is very nostalgic for me because there was a Two Boots... I know some of you guys will remember this. Back in the day, there was a Two Boots in the basement or like the lower level of Grand Central. And anytime I came into the city with my family, without fail, we would get two boots. Kind of the same way that you'd get Magnolia every time you'd come into the city. I mean, that I, I feel like every one of my answers have been so touristy. It's so touristy. But Magnolia, there's a reason why they're touristy there. It's because they're so good. Like okay. the banana pudding is okay. unreal at so Magnolia. Can, can you think of anything off the beaten path? Off the beaten, path. off the beaten path. So I mean, I grew up. I didn't grow up, but I lived for six years in the in uh, Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean, and so I'm an absolute sucker for some jerk chicken. And Miss Lily's mm. in the East Village has incredible jerk chicken. If you're into that, um, other. I mean, we've been to some amazing uh, Italian restaurants. Oh, um, I love Fiaschetta Pistole. I would love Fiaschetta Pistole is great. Or that's not how you pronounce it, but that's how I've been pronouncing it since we went there. So yeah, little, little Frankie's is good. Yeah. Uh, we had we had an amazing restaurant at the Polo Bar for oh, my birthday. Oh, which yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of of Ralph Lauren, or if you're just a fan of great like old fashions and some good meat, then mm, good great place meat. to go. Um, Proper you know what meat. I'm thinking. Why don't we put together a little guide on my Instagram of your favorite spots in New York City? So if you guys are listening to this, you can just go to the guide and all of those spots will be basically on a map and you can see them and I'll have Santori write out what he orders at each. Yeah, because I feel like I'm not, like I have eaten in a lot of places and I feel like for whatever reason the touristy places are coming up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you'll remember other places. It's actually funny that you were talking about Grand Central and like, because that also brings, like when I'm in Grand Central, it it's one of the few places that brings me back to being a little kid in New York City. In New York City, and I think it also was because Madagascar had come out, and I remember the giraffe's head goes through the clock, and I thought it was like I felt like when I whenever I go whenever I go to Grand Central, I thought like I was in like a movie set, and I was like the guy like going around taking pictures. I got like <laughs> you go back to like 2013, I've got like 10 pictures of the roof of Grand Central. I, hey, and now I, I walk every time I go, still, I take pictures. It's so beautiful. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a stunning also, piece of work. Also, Grand Central supremacy over Penn Station. Very proud Grand Central girly right here. Uh, it's not even a debate. Yeah. Um, okay, so should we get into the pros and cons of your year living in New York City? I'd love to. Let's do it. Um, let's start with the... What do you want to start with? I mean, I, I, I think fundamentally... I you know I I don't want to yuck people's yum if that makes sense like uh, like I've had my unique experience being here for a year and someone else is going to have a completely different experience because the city's big enough that you it's it's all it's all ecosystems you know and right. like you know if you live in the upper west side and you go to dinner in the upper west side and you occasionally go down maybe to midtown for dinner and a show you're going to have a completely different experience than I did living in the Lower East Side and kind of bopping around Soho and like Nolita, you know? Yeah. So it's it's hard it's hard to fully like, you know, I haven't been to everywhere in New York. I, you know, I've, I've only been to certain places and I've only really like frequented. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, now that we've gotten that disclaimer out there, that yeah. this is your experience. Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's get into the cons. Into the cons. Well, I, I, no, I'll start with the pros. Okay. The pros are, for some of them, like I, I have OCD. The idea that I can go out if I need, a, like a new, like a polo shirt for a meeting or something, I can go walk a half a mile, and I have like ten different stores uh, right at my disposal, and that's a really cool thing. And not many places like have that. Anything, also anything, it's like anything. Like you could find the the weirdest, like weirdest minute thing, n- niche, crazy things. Truly, at any hour, really. Yeah, and I think an- another huge advantage of New York, which is very hard to debate. I mean, it's arguably the best food city, and definitely in America, maybe in the world, along with like London and a few other places. So, if you're a foodie, there's always going to be something you can find, always something new, and that's a huge draw as well. I think. It also it, it does have that kind of glitzy factor to it. Even when you're in like you know, I've had some horrible situations in New York, but then you look up at like the Empire State Building and you're like, I'm in New York, you know, like you yeah. can hate it, but like you're like you I'm, know I'm doing I'm, it. Yeah, I'm kinda of doing the thing because yeah. that's just the way the kind of culture and I feel like almost like it's it's kind of been like fantasized about in in culture and in like especially in popular culture and tv and movies i think for me growing up yeah i think another pro that we've been pretty good about is eh, could be better actually but there's always new things to do and granted it's expensive to do that you're giving me a face but there is i mean (sighs) think about all the things that we haven't done like we haven't really done central park like We've walked through it a couple times, but there's so many things that we haven't done there. There's a ton of museums we haven't done. I mean, yes, granted, like maybe some of the things get a bit repetitive and categorical, but if you really wanted to do something different every single day, you probably could do that here versus another place. Like, I I guess what Mm. I'm trying to say is if you can't do it here, where are you going to do that? London. Well, sure, but it it's a city, so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I, I it's, mean it's sure, a big maybe city, maybe, like that, every, maybe that's a maybe that's a generalization of a great reason to live in a city and not necessarily New York. Yeah. But it definitely applies to New York, I think. It applies to yeah. I think it's a I think it's a benefit of a big city. I think you know, if you have enough storefronts, you're gonna you're gonna find what you want. Yeah. Any other pros? Any other pros? You're you're always guaranteed to meet a character, and I don't know if that's a pro or a con. It Hmm. kind of like falls into both, depending on what day you catch them. But I've never met so many characters in like six square miles. Great people watching. Insane. This is the thing that I think I'm most passionate in life is people watching, which has truly always been one of my favorite things about New York. Yeah. It's it's kind of unmatched in the people watching, and it's great people watching as well because you have no idea what's going to happen next <laughs> at any time. Like you get like you get truly. thrown curveballs like left, right, and center. Truly, okay. Let, we can get into cons because I know you're just itching. But if any pros come up, we can we can scoot back as well. Major con, especially for me who loves cleanliness, it's filthy. Yeah. Is and I, I think I've lived in a really unfortunate time in New York where like kind of crimes on the up and cleanliness is on the down, but uh, I mean I don't really want to go into some of the things I've seen because it's like kind of gross and 
I don't know if we really won that on the podcast, but yeah, pretty much everything kind of like dirty you can see a human being do, or you can just kind of see on like on a street corner. I've seen. Yeah, it's it like really desen- it like desensitizes you to like filth eventually, but yeah, I think also the timing of you living in New York has a part of is a part of that, and also the area that you live in. Yeah, I don't live in a great area when it comes to, to cleanliness, that's for sure. I mean, you, you wake up, you kind of have a little stretch, you step outside and you smell like urine and last night's pizza that someone's thrown up and, and God knows what. Oh, God. <laughs> um, really? What if somebody's eating their breakfast right now? Hey, good luck to him. Bon appétit. Oh. Yeah, what else? I mean... Okay, so Cleanliness. Cleanliness. Just a general, I call it like the general feeling of fuckery, but it's like you, like like with the people watching, it's like you never know what's going to happen next. That also kind of applies to you. You have no idea who's going to come up to you and kind of hassle you. You have no idea what you're going to see on the next street corner. And that can sometimes be exciting if you're in the mood for it and other times kind of be a little bit unnerving. Mm. Um, You always, especially... I've talked to people who have moved to New York City recently. It takes your body a couple months. <laughs> it's so loud. See, also. perfect example. Some guy was just <laughs> blowing an air an air horn and laughing to himself but outside Margot's window. It, it takes a couple months for your body to adjust because truly, when you're walking, you always have to just be on. Like you can't let your guard down really shouldn't be on your phone like you should be using all of your senses it's a lot it's very simulate stimulating um yeah another big thing for me and especially like growing growing up a good english boy i've always been taught to say please thank you open doors for people (laughs) and that never ever ever happens it happens so like infrequently that when it does when it does happen it's like i don't know it's just like the shining moment in your day that someone like left the door open for you or even kind of looked you in the eye and said, have a nice day. I can probably count how many times it's happened to me with a stranger on both my hands. It, it's kind of insane, which obviously you go to New York and you don't sign up for the friendliness. You kind of accept that it's a bit of a rat race, but you, I wasn't at least prepared for how impolite the city is in general when it comes to just kind of you know you get you get polite waiters and and polite kind of like people that are serving you or in yeah, some it's, way it's engaging the, with you but just like the random interactions yeah the quick interactions there's no pleasantries ever exchanged which is kind of crazy to me because you know where i live it's you end up kind of being stuck in random conversations with people because you're both afraid to like be rude to the other person right <laughs> so yeah that's that's a big thing um crime i know we kind of briefly mentioned it but like the fact that that there's public transport here and uh, like everyone i speak to is kind of afraid to use it at the moment because we have we're in the sorry state that like people are pushing people into like traffic on like the on the railroad and you know we had the the horrible event that happened a few months ago in in brooklyn you know that's that's never going to be a pro um and I think just the, the general fact that you're kind of always in a room. Oh, yeah. Like, you're always... Well, unless you want to spend a lot of money, and I think that's become another thing because of just, like, inflation and things like that, like, more and more. 
you like New York is a hundred percent pay to play unless you want to go to a park. So and even the parks kind of feel like rooms because they're so boxy. And like even Central Park is like just like a long box of green. It's not like kinda of like where I grew up or like a lot of cities where you kind of have like sporadic, mm. randomly shaped parks that kind of feel very natural and almost untouched by the city that lives around it. Like in New York it's like the park's been made just like the building has been and it's been placed there and it's a square and you go from your like tiny square apartment to the tiny square park and then to the tiny square restaurant that everyone's kind of huddled into and then you go to your friend's tiny square like it there's there's never any like open space yeah there's never any kind of at least for me kind of a, a real place where you can kind of like take a big deep breath and really stretch um so that's what I mean by you, you kind of always feel like you're in a room. Um, I'd sum it up by saying there's always something going on in New York. Majority of it is really exciting, fun stuff that you can do with friends or by yourself. But like I said, there's always something going on and it's there's always going to be some bad stuff going on that right. you're going to get involved with as well or get caught up in. So this is part two of a conversation that we had the other night and you know what i'm gonna be honest it was 11 o'clock when we were recording and not only is that past my bedtime but it's now past zandori's bedtime (laughs) yeah not voluntarily it's kind of lights off time to go to bed no matter if i like it or not no but you you've you you're the one that said you were tired yes it's yeah, touche. But I, I was not like that before I was with you. Yeah. Like, that's definitely something that you brushed off on me. Which, I mean, hey, love my sleep. It's always great. But when we're trying to watch Benjamin Button for the sixth time, oh and God. He's, he's still old. He's still then, old. We still haven't gotten to... Yeah. So that's a little insight into how strict Margot is on bedtime. No, but I'm not strict. That makes me sound really No, you weird. literally say, go to bed, go to bed. <laughs> no, no uh, I, I, I just, I get tired. Anyways, that's why we didn't finish the first recording of this podcast, but we didn't get to the part that I think is going to be most interesting to look back on, and that is kind of hypothesizing on what long distance is going to be like and by the way we're recording this two hours before Zantori leaves for the airport <laughs> literally we're leaving it to the final hour yeah so we can really let all the emotion flow through the microphone yes um i mean i think i think it's going to be interesting i think luck in a way we're lucky enough you can look at it we're either lucky enough or we're kind of unfortunate enough to have experienced long distance twice before mm. um so I think we kind of have a, a good foundation of what to expect, I how we how we kind of handle each other and how we make the best of it. Because I think in the past we have done a really good job. I do too. But I think just experiencing now both sides, I can see how long distance is divided into two categories. And one category is it's long distance for a set amount of time. So the, f- the first time, I guess during COVID, it wasn't really... We didn't really have an end to it, but we knew that as soon as we could be together, we we would be. And that was because you sacrificed your life and said that you would move to the U.S. 
goal for you. Thank you. And then the second time we did long distance was also a set amount of time because that was for your master's and we knew that you were moving to New York City after. So that was like, okay, nine months that we knew we were going to be doing long distance. I think what makes this time so hard is we don't know when the end is. Basically, we don't know when you're going to move. Yeah. (laughs) And Margot's kept me on my toes literally since... I first moved to America. She was like, yeah, I always want to, kind of always wanted to live in Europe. And then it gets closer and I don't know. I, I think you definitely will move. I just don't think it's going to be for a good eight to 10 to 12 months, maybe. Oh, yeah. Easy. <laughs> okay, yeah. So two to three or four or five years. Well, Basically, Mar- Margot will move in with me when she's like fed 40. up and like four years old. I just, and I've said this to you, but I need to do it on my own time. Yeah, because I, totally I can't I can't resent you for my own decision of when I'm moving there and what my life looks like when I do move. Um, so because of that, and it is entirely my fault, I take all the blame, but we're going into this next phase of long distance just having no clue when it's going to end, essentially. Yeah, we could we could be doing this for like two, three years. I thought eight ten months but i've just been corrected so <laughs> i'm now staring down the barrel of of years yeah. of light years we'll see but um i don't know what's what's been the hardest part about life recently and knowing that long distance is coming up for you it's not really been i wouldn't even say recently i you know i kind of knew I think that the unique thing about my circumstances in doing my master's here and then, you know, doing the one year visa was I always knew the end date. So from the very, my very first day here, I I knew the day I was leaving. So it's been a very, it's been a kind of like walk to the finish line rather than a sprint. Yeah, exactly. Definitely a slow burn. So I haven't learned anything that I didn't already know. So if anything, it's just kind of been the i guess the sadness that it's kind of reached the end the end but it's you know i've had to prepare myself kind of involuntarily for a long time for this yeah i i would agree where we knew that this was coming which probably makes it less painful and also we spent a lot more time together because we knew that it was a limited amount of time in the city but the thing that's been hardest for me and this is what like will make me spiral when I start thinking about it too much is it's really frustrating to me that we are so happy with life right now yeah we have kind of got very settled into our ways and like there's it's a, we, we have a beautiful time together yeah so it, it, it is a shame and I'm just not ready for it to end like I I think if there were certain things that were kind of fizzling out or I don't know, I I guess it'd be harder going into long distance with that. But like, it just feels like we have something so great and somebody's taking a scissor and just like snipping it when when neither of us are really ready for it. Yeah, I I don't love that analogy, but I see what you mean with it. Yeah, I think fundamentally, I think the relationship is, it's much more about it's exactly that like the relationship doesn't necessarily need to be always in person always with that physical touch and things we can also appreciate each other from afar 
but I'm looking forward to visiting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how life feels different when you're visiting here versus when we both kind of had our own separate apartments. Something I've been thinking about as this has been coming up is this conversation that I had with my mom where, um, and I don't even think it was related to our situation, but just generally there's a lot of times that things come to an end and you don't realize that it's the end or you don't know when it's going to be the last time that something happens. And I think being so acutely aware of when it's going to happen, I agree where it kind of helps that it's a slow burn and we've known that this day is coming, but it makes it a lot harder to come to terms with it when you know that it's the end of something that has been so great and like feeling like you're leaving at a time where I really don't want anything to change Mm. Um, and then having to settle into new routines and figure out what this next phase looks like and I think granted there's going to be so many amazing parts of doing long distance like traveling yeah and I also think it's really nice that we have our next few visits mapped out and we can kind of have something to, to work towards. I think that's a huge savior because if you don't know when you're next going to see each other, it makes things a lot harder. Yeah. I, I feel like everyone I've talked to that's done long distance has said that you need to plan out the next time you're going to see each other. You need to kind of have a schedule of when you talk to each other and kind of stick to that. Um, especially with time differences, Zantori is going to be going to bed when it's, I don't know, seven o'clock for me. Um, so just mapping your days out around that and building that into your routine. I think those are like the two main things that I've heard for long yeah. distance. I think fundamentally, I this is a really random story, but I remember being in the Hard Rock Cafe somewhere and they had a, a framed picture of like one of Elvis's letters to Priscilla and it was written out and it was kind of like my keys to happiness. And he wrote, someone to love something to do something to look forward to and i think that really is is pretty accurate and i think regardless we're still going to have that no yeah. matter where we are yeah i agree um and it's kind of nice that we we have things that occupy us during the day and then we can still talk in the evenings and each time we're always looking forward to like seeing each other around the corner yeah yeah well we'll have to keep you guys updated with how long distance goes and just try to be as candid as possible I'm really grateful that you have also allowed me to share more of our relationship online and allow people to get to know you because I feel like I've I've gained a lot of relationships and friendships and community through social media and with you being a huge part of my life I'm really glad that they get to see who you are as well it's really a pleasure and your mom texted me that's really sweet that is very sweet anyway sorry i interrupted but that notification was sweet i love you very much thank you to whoever's listening and i this is a new chapter but i think it's going to be fun i agree and cheers to your year in new york city thank you for making it so great That wasn't a fart, by the way. That was my chair. (laughs)